What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. This is the episode that I thought I'd be recording at some point last year. And instead, it took three games, but it came. It's the Scott Frost firing episode. If you like the pod, make sure to like and follow and leave a review, send an email. You guys know the details. I have been saying this for the better part of a year. Scott Frost needed to be fired. And I, I say that for, for anyone following, especially Nebraska faithful, I, 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 I've always said it from this place. It is not from a place of disgust. It's not from a place of I want bad things to happen to Scott Frost, which, by the way, he's getting paid $15 million to walk out. So it's not like he's getting thrown out on the streets, right? He's walking away with $15 million. But there's a number of things that are going into this decision that I think are worth talking about. And I, not, I think especially for Nebraska fans, I don't want to say these things uh, just to heap on shame and guilt, but rather I think it's just it's good to kind of figure out, okay, why did this go so wrong? So it, it's helpful to go back to why was Scott Frost hired in the first place, first of all. Uh, there's a lot of history and tradition with Nebraska. You know, it really wasn't all that long ago that Nebraska was a just a traditional power. They won three national championships in the 90s in four years. They won in 94, they won in 95, they won in 1997. They split that national championship with Michigan. But like, if you think about it, it's, it's been 25 years since their last national championship, which feels like a long time. But if you think about just the, the reality of college football, like there are seasons so like this, you know, the past couple decades has been the season of Alabama, but you know, Nebraska every 20 to 30 years had, had a run like this. I think in the seventies, they had a pretty big run, you know, Oklahoma, I think was pretty similar. So it's, it's not common for teams to win a national championship every decade, even, even Alabama, they, they went through fairly large stretches of not being at the top. So it's it's not it shouldn't be surprising that Nebraska hasn't been back there since. They did make a national championship game in 2001 where they they did get blown out by the Miami Hurricanes, but to be fair, everybody would have gotten blown out by that Miami Hurricanes team. It was it was a stacked roster. And so they had a Heisman candidate that year. Nebraska had has had some other solid years, especially under Bo Pelini. But since 2001, Nebraska has just been a shell of itself. They've had just some really odd coaching hires. They, they had, uh, I'm trying to think of all the guys that they hired. Um, Bill, Bill Callahan was in there and he was awful. That was after Frank Solich, who I, I thought, got fired prematurely. Then you had Bo Pelini come in for, I think, seven or eight years and was good. He was angry, 
good. Like nine and 10 wins every year. Often was ranked in the low 20s as, uh, as a program. But like was ranked, right? And at least was in the conversation for the West Championship every year when they moved to the Big Ten. I made a Big 12 championship game where they came pretty close to dethroning the Colt McCoy-led Texas Longhorns. You know, they had Ndamukin Sue in that, on that team. And then Mike Riley came in after they fired Bo Pelini because Bo Pelini was a hothead and couldn't progress past 9 and 10 wins. And Mike Riley had one decent year where I think they got ranked in, num- top, in the top 10 and they got blown out by Ohio State. And then it just collapsed on him. And they had two really bad years. Uh, that sandwich, that, that decent year. Which got him fired, which leads to Scott Frost and the Scott Frost era, which he was a former player at Nebraska, won two national championships with that team, including one as the starting quarterback in 97. He did really well as an offensive coordinator at Oregon, then he became the head coach at Central Florida, went undefeated, claimed a national championship because they went undefeated, and they they beat, I think, Auburn, a pretty good Auburn team, and a New Year's Six Bowl. So, like, he was riding high on that and became the Nebraska head coach off of that. And I think a lot of people, me included, thought he's going to do really well well at Nebraska. You know, he has pedigree. He has a lot of hype around him. And in the first year, they did not do well because they didn't have a lot of talent. But Adrian Martinez looked the part, and you thought, okay, year two, he's going to do well. And they went five and seven, tied for fifth in the West. And then 2020 happened, and you're like, oh, it's 2020. Eh, all right. Then 2021 came, and you're thinking, okay, this could be the year. But as as I was seeing the trend line, I kept thinking, I don't think Nebraska's going to do very well. And they went 3-9. and nine, And they were 1-8 and eight in the Big Ten. I think they were 0-8 oh in one-score games. Maybe 0-9 oh in one-score games. I think actually all their losses were by one score. And then everybody thought, well, they were the best 3-9 and nine team ever. And so they're going to be better this year. And I stupidly thought that. And I should have known better because, you know, this is four years of this where they have struggled to close out games and have struggled with lesser competition. And so... Scott Frost dropped to 16 and 31 after a loss to Georgia Southern in another one score loss, which brought his record in one score games to 5 and 22. 5 and 22. Like that's that's just the worst record. And that finally got him fired because it wasn't Georgia it was Georgia Southern, a Sun Belt team that has no business beating Nebraska. Now, why now? Well, besides the fact that it was Georgia Southern, why now? It would have made sense for the Trev Alberts to wait to fire him. It was a $15 million buyout. 
until October 1st. If they waited till October 1st, it would have been $7.5 million. So why fire him now? It's Trev Alberts admitting he made a mistake. Just it, don't overthink this. You don't spend an extra $7.5 million unless you realize we made a mistake. We made a mistake. They should have fired him last year. But they fired him after game three because they lost to what is now looking like the second worst team in the West, in Northwestern. And then they lost to Georgia Southern. And they they struggled with North, North Dakota. Not North Dakota State, North Dakota. Like, they're... they're Terabad, okay? And that's who Nebraska is struggling with. And if if you're if you want your trajectory to go back in the positive, like you just you just can't keep the same coach. It's nothing against Frost, it's just the reality. You saw the results after five years. He was 16 and 31. He couldn't win a game against Forget good teams or even average teams. He couldn't beat below average teams. And that was after he brought in transfers. That was after he fired a staff and brought in a new staff. And so it it had to be now because it couldn't get any worse. And the more it drug on, the more he was going to lose momentum and the more it was going to be difficult to find a competent head coach. So I, I like the move by Nebraska. I feel bad. In some ways, I feel bad for Scott Frost. In, other, in, a, in another sense, I don't. He, he's making $15 million for doing nothing. Okay? Like, he's got 15, 15 million reasons to be okay with his life right now. So I know money's not everything, but this was a failure. Point and blank. Point blank. And it had to be addressed. And I, I, I think it's good for Nebraska for this reason and this reason alone. It gives Nebraska time to make an informed decision on their next coach. And they can do it over the season, and they can be talking with recruits and, and make a call within the next couple months so that the recruits, the next recruiting class knows, their roster knows the direction they're going in, and they can start building momentum again. It's going to be hard, but I think if they maintain the roster that they have, which it'll be tough, and can kind of maintain some of the momentum on the recruiting trail, that's going to be that. that those are both going to be hard things. But if you make a smart hire, you can at least retain that. And they they have talent. It's just that talent's not coached and it's not being developed. So that's that's why you had to fire them. And so I like the move. I think it's a smart move now. I, they should have done it earlier. But they they did it when they had to, which is to say, okay, we see where this is going. It's over. It's over. If you if you can't beat Georgia Southern, you're not going to you're not going to go 500 in the West. Like in the West is not even that good this year. Like we're seeing that bear out with Wisconsin losing, Iowa losing. So that being said, let me let me just give a couple of takeaways and then I'm going to wrap up here. First, 
Nebraska needs to find a good leader that's going to form a, a just a convictional culture. The thing that drove me nuts about Scott Frost, and again, I'm not trying to take a shot at his character, but it was just, I never heard him own up to his failures. It was always, well, I'm going to die for Nebraska, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and my assistants have to do better, and the players have to execute better. And very rarely did I hear him say, yeah, that's on me. I need to do a better job, and you need to hold me accountable. And you know what? If, if he doesn't let other people hold him accountable, then nobody's going to hold each other accountable. You need a leader. You need someone who is going to hold, that's going to hold himself and hold the rest of the team accountable. And that didn't happen. You didn't see guys holding each other accountable. You didn't see guys rallying each other. You didn't see guys leading one another. And that is a direct reflection of your head coach. Whether it's it's who you recruit or how you recruit or, or what you model to your players, they just never do that. So they, you, b- before you think splashy name, splashy hire, I'm looking at all the people who think that they should hire Urban Meyer and Bob Stoops or like some hot young coach. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Urban is is on a downward trend. Bob Stoops, like he's getting older. He, he was losing it at Oklahoma. Urban was starting to lose it at Ohio State. And then look at the just the absurdity that happened in Jacksonville. Like, you don't want guy like, and, and, and I love Urban. Urban delivered a national championship for Ohio State. I love Urban. Don't go after Urban. That's the splashy hire. Get a guy who's going to lead these men. Get a guy who's going to lead the team and hold, hold themselves accountable. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing, get somebody who is going to be a tough-minded coach that is tough and that has good character, and that rec- can recruit in the area. I think, and, and I don't know if you can get him to jump because, quite honestly, it, it, it's a lateral move at best, but I think Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, like I think guys like that, they're the guys you really want to target. You know, maybe a group of five team, a group of five coach that's, you know, isn't just high-flying with offense, but is like, really is into building infrastructure. Get a guy like that. Get get the young Urban Meyer, you know, who really brought infrastructure to Bowling Green and and Utah before he went to Florida. Get that type of a coach. You know, you don't need the hot name and the high flyer. Especially with the tradition of the black shirts. Like get somebody who is going to make you hard-nosed on defense and that's going to that's going to be give a new vision, a new direction, but also stay rooted to Nebraska football. So that would be my that would be my what I what I think Nebraska should do. I do think it's the right move. I thought it should have happened way earlier, but I am excited to see what happens. My last word of advice to Nebraska, just understand that this this year is going to be rough. You're not going to get to a bowl game this year. And that's okay, because you made the right move now for the long term.
So this has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I'll be back with week three picks later this week. Hope you guys have a great morning and afternoon whenever you listen to this. Take care. God bless.